I, I just had such a thirst for trying to connect with other people like myself who are blind and also members of these other communities, you know, in order for the organization to be strong and to be um, what we need it to be. It needs to reflect our demographic patterns here in the U.S. It needs to reflect the needs of blind people. Um, and it needs to be something where all voices can come to the table. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. When I was working on my TBI certification at Portland State University, I was granted an opportunity with the National Federation of the Blind through their Teachers of Tomorrow program. Skillfully orchestrated by Rosie Carranza, I traveled with a large group of educators around the country learning more about the work of NFB and their commitment to the education of blind students. I admire Rosie and the work she has done to increase opportunities for students and teachers alike. Well, I am the proud daughter of Mexican immigrants. Uh, my parents moved to the U.S. from Mexico um, in the 70s, and our family um, grew up in Central California, where I was born. And I am the only blind person in my family. I have a huge, huge, fun family, um, but no one, um, you know, no one in our circle knew, knew anything about blindness, had any experience with blind people, and certainly didn't know what to expect out of me um, as a blind person growing up. Now, Rosie, what is your, um, I know that you've done a lot of work with the NFB. So what is your current position? Um, so I, I work with um, the NFB right now on our National Federation of the Blind Teacher of Tomorrow program. Um, and that program helps bring um, primarily sighted teachers um, of blind students into our community to let them know how it is that blind people um, do things. So how it is that we're able to raise children, to have careers, to get involved in our communities and to really um, live the types of lives that we want for ourselves. Now we're, we'll talk more about Teachers of Tomorrow um, for sure. And because that's how you and I met was I yes. was in the Teacher of Tomorrow program. And um, back then you were, I think you were working on your doctorate. Did you ever finish that? Yes, um, I have my PhD in curriculum and instruction, which I, um, with a focus on minority and urban education from the University of Maryland. It was um, a crazy time during that Teacher of Tomorrow program that you were involved in. I was working on the PhD. I was having um, infertility issues. Um, and it was um, great to have Teacher of Tomorrow as um, a real inspiration to me. It was um, one of the things that I've enjoyed working on the most um, because people like you, Emily, who are just so ready to go out there and do things, so ready to help blind kids make it in the world. So it, that, this program um, then really served as a source of inspiration for me during kind of a rough patch. Mm. Wow. Well, you've finished a lot of things then since then, because not only do you have your PhD, you also have three children. So <laughs> yes. Um, oh my goodness. It has been wild. Yeah. So I have my daughter, Sophia, who um, just turned eight. I have Mateo who just turned one and Camila will be five um, on Monday. So I, I do have three kids. Um, Sophia was um, 
let's see, it took five rounds of IVF to have her. And we're very grateful to have had the opportunity to pursue um, IVF treatments and that they worked for us. But that's certainly not the case for everyone. I know that you, um, you have done extensive work with the National Federation of the Blind. Um, can you share a little bit about, you know, about NFB and why you really enjoy working with this organization? So as I mentioned previously, you know, I grew up in a community that had just no experience with blindness and no real expectations for blind people. I remember my parents talking about a woman in their village um, that was blind and they put a rope um, around different parts of the village so that she could get from one place to another. And that was really kind of the image that was in my brain, um, thinking about this woman and what would what would happen to me? Like what kinds of invisible ropes would I have to put forth in my life for me to be able to do things? And I, I just had no clue um, how I would make it as a blind person. I had um, this expectation that somehow I needed to do something with my life. My parents had sacrificed so much in coming to the US um, that I needed to do something that would help our family. I wanted to make them proud. I wanted to be able to pursue my own goals. Um, I just wasn't sure how I would do that as a blind person. So I remember graduating high school and not being able to read my own diploma. My friends were making plans to go to college. I talked about going to college, but when I actually thought, hey, how am I really gonna do this? You know, I can't read print uh, very well anymore. Uh, I can't go out at night because I can't see, you know, I don't go to the movies. Um, I just, there was a lot of things that I wasn't doing and I had no clue how I would be able to um, yeah, accomplish some of these larger goals if I couldn't do the smaller things. Mm -hmm. So um, I was invited to participate in a camp um, for blind students um, at the California School for the Blind. And I had really never really been around blind people, much less blind adults um, for a sustained period of time. And while I was at that camp, um, I met a woman named Joanne Wilson. And this was like the first blind person that really gave me a glimpse into my future. Um, she had five kids. She was running um, a successful rehabilitation training center in Louisiana. Um, she was part of a organization of blind people that were cheering each other on. And in spending time with her, I began to think, hey, maybe some of these things could actually happen in my own life. And that's really what sparked my interest in joining the NFB as a member. And um, over the years, the organization has been with me through um, lots of different stages. So, you know, when I wanted to take a trip or go on a cruise, I could connect with other blind people who had done that. When I wanted to learn how to put on makeup, um, it was my blind friends that would teach me, hey, this is the technique that I use on applying eyeliner. When I wanted to go to college um, to and go into elementary education, it was my blind community that said, hey, there are teachers like yourself who are blind who are teaching in general education settings and let me introduce you. The same thing happened later when I um, began to have issues with infertility. I began to connect with other blind people who had gone down um, the road of infertility treatments to figure out how is it that you're taking your body temperatures? How is it that you're communicating with your doctors? And then later when I wanted to pursue a PhD, it was my blind community that was able to offer me advice and guidance that only blind people can do. So 
for me um, throughout various stages of my life, um, and right now most recently really becoming a parent and learning how to do things as a blind person, the NFB has been with me in lots of different ways, ways that I could not have anticipated when I was a young person trying to figure out how I would make it in the world. Um, so being part of the organization has allowed me to gain just all this knowledge that I would not have been able to acquire on my own. And that's also given me an avenue to be able to help other people and to show other people that they too can have opportunities and that they can reach their goals and that they can lead the kinds of lives that they had envisioned for themselves. Now, when I uh, attended, I've attended a couple of the national conferences and I'm always impressed with the level of uh, diversity and inclusion at your events. And I think it's one of the most diverse um, meetings that I ever go to actually. And so I know that NFB is doing a lot of work around this and you mentioned you've been involved with it. Um, what's some of the things that that's happening right now around diversity and inclusion for you all? So um, yeah, I, I co-chaired our national committee on diversity and inclusion for a couple of years along with Sean Calloway. And I currently serve um, on the committee as a member and we have a lot of um, really interesting work going on around topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because it's really important that the NFB um, work on reaching people from all of our communities. Um, you know, it's important that our leaders, leadership reflects people from various backgrounds um, and identities. And um, those are really good goals to have, goals that we're working towards. Um, so for instance, right now for our national convention, we try and create spaces for various communities to gather and to organize um, and to bond and um, to develop leadership skills so that they can um, you know, contribute to our organization at all levels. We are creating divisions within different states um, where people can explore diversity issues that are specific to that context. We're also working on developing um, more um, written content where um, blind people from diverse backgrounds can, you know, talk a little bit more about their identities um, and how, um, you know, who they are intersex um, across their blindness and their other characteristics. So for instance, some of our blogs, um, our publications, like in the Braille Monitor, um, explore diversity um, and equity and inclusion um, in different ways. Last year, we published a special edition of Future Reflections, which um, really explores kind of the intersection between diversity, um, inclusion, equity, and the education of blind kids. Um, and we have several narratives in there of blind people talking about, hey, this is what it was like for me growing up you know, being part of these various communities. So we, we still have uh, a lot of work ahead of us in, um, you know, fulfilling some of our, um, kind of our vision for diversity, but it is something that we value as an organization. It's something that uh, many of our members are devoting a significant amount of time to kind of growing this part of our organization. And, you know, for me personally, I remember when I, first joined the NFB, I didn't find a lot of people like myself. I would uh, attend conventions and whenever I would hear someone speaking Spanish, I would run up to them and be like, hey, I'm attending this convention, are you? And sometimes they were um, Mexican Spanish speakers attending the convention like myself and sometimes they were hotel employees. Um, <laughs> but, but anyways, I, I just had such a thirst for trying to connect 
with other people like myself who are blind and also members of these other communities. Um, and that need has never left me throughout the years I've been in the organization. And it's been really gratifying to see how we are growing to try and better meet the needs of communities that maybe haven't been involved with us as much um, and in strengthening some of the pathways that various communities can use to um, grow into leaders within our organization because we know that you know in order for the organization to be strong and to be um, what we need it to be it needs to reflect our demographic patterns here in the U.S. It needs to reflect the needs of blind people um, and it needs to be something where all voices can come to the table. That sounds like um, really good insight for all of us in all of the work that we do. You know, I've, I read, uh, I remember reading a couple of Braille Monitor articles in over the last year, um, sort of on this topic that, that were really powerful. And uh, I haven't seen that future reflections edition. So I will definitely check that out. Oh my goodness. Give it a read. It's actually super good. All right. Well, I asked you to, to visit with me a little bit just because of uh, Teachers of Tomorrow, which you mentioned um, sort of the, the purpose of that program. And, but can you share a little bit about how it got started? So the idea really came from um, parents of blind kids um, in our organization, you know, and conversations that we would have with blind adults. Um, and even blind kids themselves, just like this idea that, um, you know, teachers, you know, come to the classroom having very little um, at all, you know, if at all, direct experience with blind people themselves. And, um, you know, we in the NFB really cherish teachers, like teachers are um, at the, you know, the core of what happens in the lives um, you know, as our lives unfold in K-12 um, for blind students. Um, but there was always this need to figure out, hey, how can we create a situation where a teacher knows, um, you know, knows the possibilities for their blind student, um, especially if that teacher maybe hasn't had any experiences with blind people um, or, you know, if they, if they come you know, with maybe some attitudes about blindness that aren't necessarily helpful. So for instance, for myself, you know, I grew up in a situation where um, the teacher that are blind, that of the blind that I did have, um, you know, didn't know how to um, guide my thinking as far as blindness. Um, my teacher did not encourage me to learn to read or write braille. Um, you know, they encouraged that I use a magnifying glass, um, that I don't... Um, you know, I remember, for instance, when I recommended for an advanced math class in the eighth grade, my teacher of the blind said, oh, you'd never be able to keep up. Um, so I was put into um, an easier math class in the eighth grade. So that's one example, right? Did my teacher know any competent blind people that were doing math, that were excelling in science, um, that were doing careers that involve some of these higher level um, coursework? You know, maybe, maybe so, maybe not. But the message that I got from my teacher was like, hey, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not skilled enough to take these advanced courses. Um, so NFB Teacher of Tomorrow then helps expand the notions of what blind people can do in their careers, in their communities, in their personal lives. And we hope to try to help um, teachers that are working with our blind kids learn to see all these possibilities and learn to see the blind community 
as a resource to help expand some of these ideas. Now, I know that you're a, a big supporter of mentors for blind students. Do you sort of see this program as somewhat of a mentorship for educators? Um, yeah, I would say that, you know, teachers, um, you know, they need all the support and all the cheerleading and all the resources they can get. The job of the teacher of the blind is so complex. You're working in all these different contexts with lots of different demands. Um, and I've never met a teacher of the blind who really doesn't want their students to, you know, to make it, right? So it's just trying to figure out um, what mentorship opportunities, what resources, what types of experiences are going to help these teachers feel supported and what types of experiences are going to help expand the notions of what blind people can do. So, um, yes, I feel like we all benefit from mentoring. We all benefit from exchanging supports and providing resources to each other. And um, the teachers that participate in our program certainly have a lot to, to teach us as well. So it's this community where we can all learn and grow from each other. Well, you, you know, I, you and I have stayed in touch over the last 10 years now, I guess. It's almost been yes. 10 years. Um, do you stay in touch with a lot of the folks that have gone through your program? Oh, I do. I see them as my friends. Um, I love hearing about what they're doing in their personal lives. I love knowing how they're still working with blind kids. Um, I love hearing about um, the teachers who have continued to um, stay involved with the organization. Like this is um, a, a true community that's created um, as we all kind of bond, learn about blindness, learn from each other and really start unpacking some of these ideas that we have because in many situations we don't ever really sit and get to think about, hey, how is it that we develop these ideas about blindness? How is it that these ideas impact my teaching? Um, what other factors are influencing my work with blind students? And these are some of the big questions that Teacher of Tomorrow helps um, you know, bring up because as it's important to be um, reflective in our teaching in general, it's especially important when we're working with um, students that come from communities that have traditionally been marginalized, including students with disabilities um, and students with intersectional identities. Um, asking some of these big questions and having a supportive community where we can explore them um, and find solutions to maybe some of the issues that we're challenged with, you know, that's, that is gold. Have you heard any, um, you know, you've already talked a little bit about how the, this work impacts the classroom and the lives of students through teachers having a better perspective of blindness. Um, do you have any examples of stories or anything you've heard from people that went through this program that has sort of inspired you to keep it going? I mean, Emily, you're a great example, you know, um, your career um, and kind of what you've been able to, to do progressively throughout your career um, as you widen as you've been able to kind of widen what you're doing, then um, your positive attitudes about blindness, kind of um, your belief structure and what you're able to do is huge. Um, we have lots of teachers that are out there doing the hard work of helping kids, pushing kids, showing kids that they can do more. Um, that is exceedingly inspiring. Um, we have some of our Teacher of Tomorrow um, students who have um, you know, gone on to get PhDs and are now educating other teachers. That is inspiring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have teachers that are directing vision programs. That is really inspiring. I think the big thing is that we know um, that we have these teachers throughout the country that really believe in the capabilities of blind kids that are ready to push blind kids um, to really to reach 
the dreams they have for themselves, that are ready to create supportive environments for their families, and that are ready to stand by our blind community to do what needs to get done to continue advancing educational opportunities for blind kids. You know, it is interesting hearing you say that I, um, thinking back to the folks that I went through the program with, how many of them are now in a leadership role where they have the ability to um, inspire teachers and students. And you think of the ripple effect of that and have, have had that experience with NFB. I mean, that, that could be really huge, I think. Yeah, it is. It is just so easy. You know, um, in a sense, it's we gather together. We talk about these things. We talk some more. We have these experiences. Um, we connect, um, you know, teachers with our blind community. We create experiences where we can share what's in our brain, what's in our heart, what's working, what isn't. And a lot of this takes time. Um, it doesn't always happen overnight. You know, um, teaching and being a solid teacher takes just so much effort and a lot of constant reflection. And I think that um, this program helps put people in the mindset, right? Because sometimes when you're out there teaching, it is so tough to focus on, you know, getting these materials in an accessible format, which of course we know is which is exceedingly important for blind students having materials in accessible formats. Uh, we're worrying about relationships with our general education teachers, with our special education teachers. Um, we're worrying about you know, how fast we can eat lunch before you have to get to your next student, right? Yeah. Um, but so in the middle of all that, how is it that we can think about, wait, so I have this second grader, right? Um, and he wants to be a fireman, a police officer, a pilot, um, a good guy, a bad guy. <laughs> you know, they always have these ideas, <laughs> a dinosaur. Okay, how can I start creating this environment where this student has the skills, abilities, and knowledge to pursue their dreams, right? Mm -hmm. So in the middle of all that, then um, we hope that this program just inspires teachers to think creatively um, about the possibilities that are out there for their kids. Um, we hope that the teachers will feel like if they don't have the answer, that's okay. The blind community can help. Um, and we want to serve um, as a kind of a long-term resource and, and source of encouragement for teachers as they proceed through their careers and as their careers unfold into whatever direction they want them to go. Now, if somebody was listening to this uh, podcast episode, hopefully somebody will listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Emily, you're always bringing the fire, so I'm sure they will. <laughs> So how, how does a teacher find out more about it or how can they apply to participate in future cohorts? You can visit our website and there'll be an application available under Teacher of Tomorrow. And that is the, the first start. And then of course, anyone can email me directly with questions. Um, and then also, you know, there are lots of Teacher of Tomorrow um, folks out there who've gone through the program who I'm sure would also um, like to answer questions. You know, this year, because of the pandemic, we've done a virtual model, um, but we are hoping to have a couple of in-person sessions um, coming up in the fall and um, early winter. So being able to provide some of those um, in-person experiences with our blind community um, are going to be lots of fun, as you remember from your teacher tomorrow experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they were a lot of fun and I learned a lot. So um, do you have any other future plans other than trying to do them in person again eventually? Um, well, you know, there's just, it's right now, um, 
there's so much I see a need for in um, kind of in blindness education. Um, and there's all these things that in time I would like to kind of see happen within our field. Um, I feel like Teacher of Tomorrow is um, a really solid place to um, bring together our blind community and our, our teacher community to do some really fantastic things. Um, eventually, I'd like to see some kind of big scale work in the area of equity um, and access to education by blind kids. Um, because, you know, there's just a lot we don't know and there's a lot we do know about how um, we can help blind kids make it. But I think there's um, important information that we need um, that kind of highlights how different um, intersectionalities, um, for instance, dealing with race, um, with class, with language access, how those things impact the education of blind students and what kinds of supports we can develop to help teachers um, reach students from historically um, marginalized communities um, so that's one thing that I really care about is how we can bring better equity to um, blind kids from different backgrounds. It's so important to talk about, um, you know, as you've mentioned a few times, the intersectionality, because I think that um, people tend to get put in boxes and, mm -hmm. um, and that I hate that. <laughs> so, or, yeah. or like labeled and they only get one label. You can only have one and we're so many things. That's exactly right. I always think in my brain that it feels like disability eclipses all other characteristics. Yeah. And that just, you know, that just isn't the case. We come to the table with all these different experiences and backgrounds and um, they will inevitably impact the way the education system treats us and the way society treats us. So it's really important then that we develop teachers of the blind with these competencies to work with kids from diverse backgrounds. And it's equally important that we start developing a teaching cohort um, you know, nationally then that is also diverse. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of another important trend that I see that we need to figure out how to get moving in our, in our field. It's getting more teachers of color, more teachers from diverse backgrounds, um, working with blind students. I agree a hundred percent. Well, do you, Rosie, do you know, uh, where convention is going to be in 2022? Have they decided yet? <laughs> Next year is new Orleans. And if I am wrong, I will text you, <laughs> but I, I feel like it's going to be New Orleans. Well, I think we should just go ahead and call it now that we need a, a teacher of tomorrow reunion in New Orleans in 2022. Yes, let's, let's do it. I agree with you. I miss all of you so much. And, um, you know, it's great keeping up with everyone on Facebook, but being able to give you all hugs and hear about the latest is different. Oh, yeah. I would love that so much. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. TSBVI teachers are included in Rosie's current TOT cohort. One of our own, Dory Senatori, has a commitment to mentorship, which is evident within the comments and anecdotes she shares. Hi, I am Dory Senatori. I'm a teacher of students of visual impairments at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. In the exit program, the 18 to 22 year old transition program, 
And I became involved with the Teachers of Tomorrow program through um, a guest speaker that I had, um, uh, an NFB guest speaker, Jonathan Franks. And I started thinking, um, why don't I have more speakers, um, you know, through NFB that they have a whole pool of you know, mentors that are just waiting for to be matched up with students. And what I've found was many of my students um, who come to me at age 18 um, don't have resources. They've just recently left high school. And as part of the expanded core curriculum, you know, you start talking about recreation and leisure and, um, you know, compensatory access and, you know, adaptations for, you know, for work um, aspirations that they might have. And many students don't have uh, a network with which to sort of, you know, ask somebody, how did you do it? Or how did you, you know, advocate for this in your workplace? Or how did you ask your professor, you know, for this to be um, accessible, what, whatever it may be. And um, I started realizing I need to find people, you know, to, to come talk to my students because I can, you know, help to an extent, you know, providing resources and providing ideas and, and teaching, helping to teach technology or, um, you know, options for resources, but I don't have that perspective because I have vision. And so, um, you know, I spoke with uh, Rosie um, Carranza, hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> and she um, was so happy to, to uh, provide one to two guest speakers per month for me um, to come in on a Friday and speak about, you know, a period of, of topics. Um, many of my students, that, um, or some of my students are college bound and so we've, we've had that discussion. How do you navigate college? You know, how do you navigate working with um, the accessibility office? Um, how do you um, take notes? You know, just simple things like that. Um, and then, or how do you travel? You know, um, recently we had a guest speaker. Uh, this was last month. We had a guest speaker who has two kids and her and her husband are both blind and they travel everywhere. And so she was giving the students that perspective I thought was so helpful. Um, yes, you can, you know, leave your house and you can go to, you know, England, <laughs> you know, but this is how you do it or this is how I did it. And so that um, has just been so helpful, I think, to get those resources. Um, you know, next next week I have a guest speaker coming and she's going to talk about, you know, she's a runner and what, how did she uh, find a guide runner, you know, to run her marathons and things like that. So um, that I find that it's really enriched the transition program because my goal is to teach the students about the resources and then to see, well, how can we tap into where is your local chapter and you know where you live for example you know corpus christi let's find the local chapter okay that's there's a resource 
Let's see about your mentor. You know, what resources, how did they navigate this small community that doesn't have, you know, transportation like Austin does, you know? And so um, that is my goal. I continue to follow the work of NFB, especially within their active chapter in Texas. I look forward to attending their 2022 convention in New Orleans and hope to see many Teachers of Tomorrow alumni there. I'm excited that the program carries on and continues to positively impact the lives of blind students across the country. From TSBVI Outreach and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.